1: Alright, alright. Party people in the place to be. Welcome back to Nerds from the Underground. And oh man, do we got an extra special episode for you guys tonight. We have our expert panel of anime specialists, including me, Johnny. And joining me this wonderful night, we have air and Chaz. Oh yeah, and we're going to go in deep. We got all kinds of really cool topics and even our origin stories of how we became fans. But before that, we have our check-in. Yo, Michael. You read anything interesting this week? I did. I read
2: Seven Secrets by Tom Taylor, which was a total banger. It builds so much of a world and so quickly. Like, it's very fast and kinetic. But I'm so invested in just this secret order that is hinted at and what the Seven Secrets actually are. So I'm pretty pumped for that. And then I got to say, I really love the third issue of Adventure Man. Matt Fraction's crushing it with that book. I feel like I'm reading a 1930s serial, but in a modern day, and it really takes me to a new world, each issue I read. And another quick shout-out to Excellence. I've said it before, I'll say it again. That book rocks. I love it. It's got a really strong rise of resistance in the voice of Spencer, the main character. And I really hope other people are reading it and enjoying it like I am.
1: Oh, yeah, I love the first dark so much. I can't wait to get back into that. Chaz! What'd you read this week, brother?
0: I'm also on that Seven Secrets hype train. It was so good. That first issue just totally killed it. I was fortunate enough in my position as the manager at our LCS to get an advanced preview of the second issue. And I can tell you all this, it only gets better and crazier. So if you're loving it, then keep on loving it because it's, it's going to get nuts. And then I also grabbed Cloven, the first book of that, from Fanographics. It's about a genetically modified human organism who is half man and half goat. And it was pretty nuts. Pretty wild art style. Um, I'm really hoping that book two is already in the pipe because I want to know what's going to happen next.
1: Sweet, man. Yeah, I love me some fan and graphics craziness. Like, they are really keeping that old school 90s really messed up, black and white, indie style alive. So, yeah, definitely going to check that out since you recommended it. And I guess that makes me number three to bring this up i also got seven secrets by tom the tool man taylor and wow yeah no like i've been so right this entire time saying that he is just completely wasting his time at big two and wow dude this guy owns creator owned shit like he should be doing this days ago and i really like the kim possible style art yeah on top of that i got the first issue of archangel 8 by michael morrissey from AWA upshot that was a lot of fun that's actually kind of a neat thing i've never seen morrissey like write a book that was kind of about like a you know a wink and nod a one-liner type hero guy which it was kind of fun i didn't know he could write that kind of character and i had a good time with it i really want to see where that one goes and then my last pick is one of my kickstarters came in i got octoberina 1976 by jim Rugg. it's this really rad yeah. really just over the top action book that's done in this black light fluorescent paint it's just so vivid like every panel is just so loud colorfully loud it just screams at you and Oh, man, if you haven't gotten it yet because it's getting a wide release to comic book shops, go ahead and pick it up, man. It's a really good ad house put it out. So, yeah, that that's our check-in this week. Really good stuff, guys. I'm glad we kind of all are on the same page with, you know, Tom the Toolman Taylor's big jump into actual writing real comics.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the AWA stuff, too. They've actually had a really strong output. I, I think that has a little to do with Axel Alonso being in charge over there, but all of their initial offerings so far have been pretty excellent.
2: I need to get back on it. I got all the number ones. Hotel probably grabbed me the most in Red Border. I did like Archangel 8. But it came to the time where I had to kind of trim my pull list down, but hopefully I can catch up with all of them in trades. Yeah, they all make great trades.
0: Yeah,
1: that's like what I was going to pick most of them up in. But yeah, any company that's smart enough to grab John Lee's for a launch title, they're getting my money, man. Like, I am such a John Lee simp, it's not even funny.
0: (laughs) Even uh, putting Michael Morse on on some good stuff too, like putting him out, out in front. He's consistently good, I think, but... Very um, underutilized, you know what I mean?
2: I've been a fan of him for a long time. I really think the first, like, eight issues of Wasted Space are fantastic, besides some other kind of elements that don't make the whole perfect, but he really grabbed me with that. And even he did a Batman one-shot that was maybe one of the best detective comic stories in a long time, and it was kind of a rehash of an older story. But, man, it was great. And I love the plot. I know... I'm, I'm a big fan of the plot and what he's doing with that, and I know that's a that's a collaborative book, but yeah. everything he's done so far, I'm pretty pretty piped on him. I'd like to see what he does maybe with Image one day and a bigger project, kind of burst through the bubble, kind of like Lewis has been doing recently.
0: I almost feel like he had the reverse. He he had kind of burst through the bubble and had some small minis at Image that didn't really take off, and then I think they like launched way harder as he like moved into sort of that heavy metal and that tier of publisher almost
1: right because Roche Limit was great I really liked that then I didn't hear nothing from him for a while and the next thing I know Vault came out pushing him hard for good reason too because he just came out with banger books like you guys said wasted space good stuff the plot I need to finish the first trade yeah I really like what he's doing and Archangel 8 like I said is a lot of fun you know it's kind of like a winky naughty kind of somewhere between the Punisher and James Bond type thing so it's good stuff but all right let's get into anime We're going to discuss our origin stories here, how we became fans of the medium. And Michael, the floor is yours.
2: I became the fan of anime when I was in middle school. Basically, me and my friends got obsessed going to Japantown, which is an area of San Francisco. And we would go and get all the stickers and cards. And I started basically getting these DVDs that would be cheap and that's what really got me hooked into anime, and the ones that really got me hooked originally and made me a diehard anime fan is when I purchased both Akira and Dark Side Blues. Both of those two animes got me a weep for life. They, just, they were able to just grab my attention and do more than you could do in a movie with the character development, with how crazy and big things get, and the fact... Then, in some of them, the heroes die. In any kind of Hollywood movie I'd watched or any kind of Hollywood cartoon, usually the hero was guaranteed to survive. And then in anime and manga, which is the same time I fell in love with anime, it grabbed my attention because it was more like literature books but told in a more dynamic way where, you know, you got to kill your darlings sometimes. And especially with Dark Side Blues, watching that for the first time, the ending and my favorite character just, you know, getting killed in a brutal fashion after he falls in love. It was such a eye-opening experience when i was like 13. I was just that was really what hooked me in and ever since then besides the stickers you guys i mean Chad has seen I showed Johnny now i'm still doing it today collecting the statues i've been collecting since i was a wee lad but that's what got me hooked going to japantown picking up some animes for cheap and stickers and manga and i've been a huge fan ever since. Right on. Chadswick, the floor is yours. For me, I feel
0: like this is going to be a a common origin story. This this is a, like, Bang Baby-style origin story, I think, for a lot of people. But late night, Cartoon Network, man. Toonami. Into Adult Swim. That 1999, early 2000s. Just playing all the bangers. Just like, what even are these to me? Kind of thing. Like, just staying up late so I could catch them all. But, like, Trigun. That that thing man just stuck with me hard like i couldn't i couldn't stop thinking about it after i'd seen the the episode like i had to go find everything i could about this show and then just everything since then has been what else can i find that's as good as that what else is going to be this new world that i've like never even imagined before who can execute these big ideas so well sometimes and then just disappear forever like just be done with whatever they're doing or wait 25 years and put out another project you know but yeah it was definitely those very late nights as a as a young lad in my formative years watching all those all those really good shows
1: excellent as for me i kind of have three phases to my fandom like when i was a really small child in the early 80s voltron and robotech were being aired when i was a child and like they used to come on after the transformers and i was just like blown away i didn't know that like they were from another country they definitely didn't look like other cartoons but i absolutely adored voltron i i loved it and then after that i don't know like fourth or fifth grade sci-fi channel finally came on the air and they used to show this block. It was called, like, they would show three movies, though. It was always the same three movies. They would play Vampire Hunter D, Robot Carnival, and Lens Man. And oh, man, when I saw those, I just got lit up. And this was back before, it was, like, we even knew it was supposed to be called anime. We were calling it Japanimation at this point. You know what I mean? This was, this is like in the hollowed antiquity days. Ooh. So, yeah, and I got blown away. And then, like, a year after that, they aired akira for the first time with the old dub which i I had a blast with like i it blew me away i was just like whoa so then i kind of like started looking around at video stores and finding ones like rented those and like much like michael i got really into you know the movies mostly you could just find the movies at the video stores so i started watching the stuff that like urban vision and manga entertainment put out so yeah i saw a lot of like dark side blues demon city shinjuku wicked city and all those and i absolutely loved them and then Like around junior high time, Pokemon and Dragon Ball came out. And I was just like, okay, that's what anime is now. I don't want it. And then towards the end of high school, I met this girl. And we were like really close. And she kept trying to get me to watch anime with her. And I'm like, no, man, I don't like Dragon Ball. And she's like, this isn't Dragon Ball. And like she sat me down. And like you, Chaz, she was watching Toonami. And she was taping Trigun and Cowboy Bebop and stuff. And she had me sit down. And like I started watching that shit with her. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, okay. I can get jiggy with this. The, this is amazing. And at, at that time, like you know, you guys know, it wasn't really that available. You couldn't find the DVDs at stores, and when you did, they were like what thirty bucks for three episodes on a DVD. So
2: yeah, or
0: more.
1: Yeah, like
2: I... the only place I could find them was either at like the stores I was talking Japan Town or at Suncoast Video. Where they were like thirty nine ninety five. Yeah, because you're paying mall prices then.
0: Fudge that.
1: I crack up so hard when I meet kids and they try to be like, oh, they want sixty dollars for that season. I'm like, dog, I used to pay half that for like three episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I got I got a lot of stuff. I shouldn't say a lot, but boy, I remember feeling so great in high school finding out that there were all those like pirated DVD sites where you could order full seasons for essentially that same price, and I knew that it wasn't I was only saving it for myself (laughs) I was definitely ripping off all these people but man I cleaned house on so many series that I knew would cost me an arm and both legs to get in that old style (laughs) oh
2: yeah because those box sets back in the day were like 120 for a season Easy. Yeah. Sometimes not. more.
1: But yeah, I, I got one of those, a Trigun. It was came in like in this little like slider box, cardboard case. It actually had like really nice graphics and printout for like a pirated thing. It was really nice production, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you get it off a cookie jar video? Um,
1: no, I actually got it off at of eBay, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's probably where Even they got better. it from. Because I, I only paid like 35 for it. When like, I was like, dude, that's like what one DVD costs.
2: Sweet. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Save a little bit. I had the Trigun set. I had Wicked City too, but- besides Dark Side Blues and Akira, so I'm glad that we all experienced this series and movies together. But yeah,
1: that's yeah. that's how like fans got made back in the day. Like, people don't understand how easy they have it now. Like, I was trying to explain to somebody about you know with manga when it first started popping up in stores, because like, I was really interested to in it. And basically, at that time, you could find like the Akira books, and then like maybe like Ghost in the Shell and Appleseed. However you say his name, the Ghost in the Shell guy, you can find all his stuff and you can find Akira, but that was kind of the only manga that they sold until Dark Horse started putting on Blade yeah. of the Immortal and they saw that there was a market for that shit here. They
2: didn't, they didn't have the social media they have now of being able to find about cool stuff. You literally had to search it out, like you were saying. You would either find out from your other friends that in into manga or anime. It is. Unless it was like Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon, which is like wildly exposed... It was basically just from hunting down in the video shop, seeing what cover looked cool, and just taking a bet on something, which, you know, like I did with Wicked City or Dark Side Blues. So they really do take it for granted. It's so weird that in the even, you know, the near future for like when my daughter and any of your children are born, how easy it's going to be then. They could probably just type in a word and then they'll have the whole content to them in a second.
1: Oh, they got the simocast stuff where like while it's being aired in Japan, like they air the dubbed version over here in America. Like. I remember legit having to wait, like, three years for a show to come over to cross Man. the ocean and and be aired over here or at least get released on DVD over here. So, like, yeah, it's...
0: And then hoping that they actually finished whatever show. Too. Right. Because <laughs> you remember getting, like, season one, and then it'd be like, oh, that wasn't popular enough. Let's not license season two. And it's like, but I got to book go. You can't leave it on the cliffhanger.
2: The dubs which would literally take years, yeah, and then if it wasn't popular enough, they'd dub the first season, then not dub the next season, and now the simul dub stuff's crazy. I mean, they do that with Dr. Stone now. It's pushed back, which is a great show, and it got pushed back because of COVID just because they do the simul dub. But then there's other shows, you get it all at once. I remember having to wait, watch one episode, and you had to get the next episode in a week. And then sometimes they take breaks after six episodes, especially even when you're watching it on Toonami then you'd have to wait almost six months to get the other half of the season but now it's while you rewatch those six episodes over and over and over over again praying that they
0: were going to be a new one yeah yeah man i got so much nostalgia i just got to add this in real fast johnny when you said that they were taping the shows off of like toonami because i remember learning how to program my vcr because i was going to be away and i didn't want to miss those episodes of (laughs) dragon so i had like the tapes all ready to go so that i would be able to stay caught up but like i just got that hard right when he said taping the shows up there i was like oh i remember doing that
1: yeah that all started oh. like back and it was the last gasping yeah. breaths of the vcr era but like i mean like that was right there for that you know what i mean like, yeah
2: dragon was my hook too nicholas Wolfwood, i fell in love with the...
1: oh yeah dude like i legitimately got choked up when like you saw him just up against his cross gun. Just, I mean, oh, man,
0: that fucking right in my heart falls. I, s-
2: I still use much obliged. His first introduction is so badass, just thinking he's a traveling priest. And then as soon as the fight starts, he just slams that cross down, and you just see all the guns come up, come out, and then him use it as a cannon. I'll never forget that scene, ever. Yeah for the rest of my life.
0: Sliding down and the just thing, such a, blowing people away.
2: Such a good relationship with him in Vash that finally he follows Vash's code and then we all know what happens.
1: I've actually always wished that Naitau would do a series just about him. Like, I would read the hell out of that. Yeah. Like, if he just did a manga about Wolfwood.
0: 100%.
2: Me yeah. too, yeah. One m- older thing I want to throw in just because I know Johnny's into he. it. Two other things that were a huge influence of me that I love were the original Blade of the Immortal anime and manga... And also Ninja Scroll as an anime movie. When I was like 13, I used to watch Ninja Scroll like once a week. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's about a ninja named Jubei who's poisoned. And then he basically has to go on this quest to survive. And just all the enemies he fights and the journey he goes through and how
3: badass he is. it just one of my first addictive watches. Like me and my friend Kyle would watch that every Saturday. We would spend the night and then just watch that movie again. And it almost was going to be put it on my fighting category for this, but I wanted to keep it more into older stuff because it's really in the birth of my love of anime. But that was my last
1: thing. Funny thing about, like you said, like I watched Ninja Scroll the first time when I was really young too. And one time like I was rolling with my best friend and like we were hanging out with this little brother and like he's like, put something on for him to watch. And the kid was like 12 or 13. So I put on Ninja Scroll and like he, my friend gets all mad at me and he's like, "Well, what, what do you put that on for? And I'm like... Fucking at ninja scroll and he's like yeah it's ninja scroll and like I, I remember like oh yeah that big dude like just grabs a curl's boob and puts the whole thing in his mouth and i'm like oh yeah well i'm like well i watched it when i was like 11 i was younger than him and like it didn't but whatever okay i'll take it out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that, that, that legit happened to me once where i was just like okay yeah no that's probably not yeah. right for a little kid to watch but i watched it as a little kid so but whatever okay I got gotcha.
2: <laughs> I don't think my parents had any idea of the content that was going on. Oh no! In all the I, cartoons that I was watching. I watched Legend
1: of the Overfiend when I was like twelve, man. You know what I mean? So like,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, that that that's a hardcore one. Like you said, like you looked at the covers and you just had to guess yeah. what you were gonna get back in the day because like you didn't know there was no YouTube to watch the trailer. So yeah, like I picked that up and I I checked it out and I'm just like. Ooh, tentacle dicks everywhere. Okay, yeah, this this is not what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, you guys ready to get into our categories? I believe so. Okay, man, just a really kind of cool, fun fighter anime. What do you guys got for me? Michael? Okay,
2: so I'm gonna do my picks a little different because my lovely wife, Alexis, is a gigantic anime fan. She's probably the biggest weeb in the universe. So I'm going to do my picks, and I'm also going to give a shout-out to what she thinks fit these categories, if that's cool, with both you guys. Yeah, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. List. All right, yeah, Mr. and Mrs. List, indeed. So for mine, it's a newer one, which the main reason I put it on, which I'm definitely going to talk about it in soundtracks, and I'm picking Tower of God. It's a newer anime. It's based actually on an old manhwa, which is the Korean versions of manga. And it's about this character named Bam. Who basically has to climb this tower basically everyone in this world their main quest they can do to kind of ascend is to climb this tower which is called the Tower of God which is led by King Jihad and his family and he's in love with this girl Rachel and he basically is just a bum he's like a homeless person that she takes care of and she decides to try to climb the tower and he follows her but in the end bomb is more powerful than he even knows and the fights they put Onto the different sections of the tower are so epic, especially because we have a main character that is basically like a sweetheart, but he actually has like the power of God. And you just see these fights with several different people fighting at once in a soundtrack that's incredible. It uses chords, it has a full orchestra, and it has this harmonic singing while all these devastating fights are happening with huge monsters, with single combatants. And it just got me so hooked, like into. I haven't been this hooked in like a fighting type anime in such a long time. And it's just, I know it's probably pretty popular. It's new, but I mean, the way that it really gets me jiving when a fight's going on, which has a lot to do with the music. It's the first one I thought of when you said fighter, just because Bomb, his crew, Coon and Rack, who's like a giant lizard, all these different fights you have to go through, sometimes with one person, sometimes with 12, and then sometimes against huge armies. It just gets you right there. It transports you into that world. You're invested in the characters when they die, and they're brutal. It goes from sweet, kind of shonen-like anime to just full, brutal fighting. And, I, and it's just really what grabbed my attention when you said fighter. And nothing's better than having a fighter that has Basically, the soundtrack of like a Terrence Malick movie, the best way I can describe it. It's like Terrence Malick's composer composed these epic and beautiful fight scenes. And I can't recommend it enough. And that would be my pick for Fighter, Tower of God, which is on Crunchyroll now. The anime is directed by Takashi Sano. It's written by Erika Yoshida, and it's great. It's on Crunchyroll. The whole first season is out now. I definitely recommend you guys checking it out. And my wife's pick for fighter is Kikekyo Hitman Reborn, which I believe, as she's told me, it's a series about a hitman being constantly reborn. And he's kind of young, and he re- he gets reborn into different forms. I'm probably not doing the best description of it, but that was her pick, and the Mrs. Pick, which I think in America it's called Hitman Reborn. <laughs>
1: They both sound wonderful. Kind of sounds
0: like, uh, yeah, like John Wick on the reincarnation wheel is what I'm picturing. Yeah. Like <laughs> John Wick meets Gungrave, Ooh, kind of, yeah. A dog's purpose, but he's a hitman.
2: Yeah, I wish, you know, if she wasn't too shy, she would describe it better than me, but it's, she says it's fantastic. I know it's also one of the longer animes. I think it's still going? No, I guess it, it's ended, but I know that when we looked at it, I think it's like a 300-episode series at least. But it's supposed to be great all the way through.
0: Well, right on, Chaswick, your fighter, man. Man, it is a tough one because we got we got a couple of different categories here, and a lot there are a few that felt like they they embodied both really, and I think that's that's one of the best things about anime, right? Is that very very rarely is something a singular genre, or if it is, it excels at doing just a singular thing. But a lot of times it's using some different elements from things that we love, right? So. This one, i I narrowed it down, it took me all day, but it's an oldie and a goodie. Yu Yu Hakusho. I, I don't think, for me, that there's a better fighting anime. Because that one has the hands-down best tournament arc, I think, of any anime that I've seen anyways. But you, you can't go wrong with it, man. You got you got four great, solid characters, super cool powers, demons, of course, some real intense, brutal fights, a incredible synth wave-ish soundtrack that when I was re-watching it I had forgotten all about but was the thing that I loved most about it the second time around but yeah and the fact that Yusuke the main character is only in the position that he's in essentially because he loves fighting like he's just a delinquent the whole time who lucked out and rescued a kid and it cost him his life in exchange he gets to go be a spirit detective but he, he kind of has a, a selfish quality in that he's just looking for a, a rumble most of the time. I kind of like sometimes heroes can be a little bit too I want to become the strongest to be the best that there is or whatever but he's just ready he's just ready to throw down you know what I mean hell yeah yeah that's that's my my oldie but a goodie top fighter
1: for me I kind of went with like a really sort of silly one but I I just have a ball with it because it's very self-aware of itself Sengoku Basara I don't know if you guys ever checked that out. It's kind of based on the actual feudal era of Japan and it's based on actual like historical figures like Sanada Genji, Yukimura and you know the Tiger of Kai and Nobunaga and all that. They're all in there but like it's I don't know it's got this kind of like Dragon Ball Z type stupidity to the fights cuz like they'll just like take off and fly around in the sky and cause lightning and hit each other. But at the same time like the characters are I don't know they're just so charming and over the top like you you mostly see the story through the character Yukimura and he's voiced by the same guy that did the voice for Bashu Stampede who's probably one of my favorite voice actors I don't know the the fellow's name but I just recognize it every time I hear it and like he's he's like the tiger of Kai's general and like the the kind of like talks that he has with his boss and like they'll they'll like they'll be like you know being really emotional and telling each other like how they feel and then they'll start punching each other through walls and shit it's just it, it it's ridiculous but And hilarious, but at the same time, it's like a kind of like a very historical show and it, it's just got so many like chat said there's just so many aspects to it like anime is so good at doing that i don't know i just have a ball with it and like i just like the history that's in it even if it is you know highly embellished for cartoonish reasons they did it very very tastefully and it's just it's just a wacky fun show i i, I highly recommend Goku basara and they actually made a video game for it that came out for the wii like capcom put it out so that's pretty rad if you guys ever want to check that out
0: it sounds like a i just like the ba- idea of the two things like history but over the topness at the same time like that
2: sounds cool <laughs> that sounds really rad the whole series and the fact there's a game to to do the things you were describing flying around and blasting lightning that sounds like a lot of fun
1: yeah the game's kind of like dynasty warriors ish you know you're like you pick one of the, the main general guys and you just like run through these armies of fools and just like pow, blast them with your your attacks and stuff and they all fly up in the air and you like pow, 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 hit them with your staffs or whatever character you have because like each one has different weapons like uh, yuki has got his spears like the one-eyed dragon ohoshu's got like six blades that he kind of wields like yeah. wolverine he holds them between his fingers it's it's wacky but it's great you know what i mean like you you know, like anime can do. All right, and we're going to like kind of throw in one of our extra little things that we were talking about, maybe thrown in here, and we're going to talk about our favorite OPs from shows. That is the opening credit sequences for people who are listening that might not know exactly what an OP is. Like, Michael, what are some of your favorite OPs from animates over the years?
2: Some of my favorite over the years, one of them, I mean, pretty much every opening for Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, I absolutely adore I'm a huge fan of Death Parade's opening, which may be mentioned later. Also, um, OPs. Let me think.
3: Sorry, I apologize.
0: While you're thinking, let me throw this out here because I know it's going to sound blasphemous. But I'm super guilty of skipping OPs nine times out of ten. I watch I watch it about once or twice, get a feel for like whatever it's going for. But usually I'm like, I'm just like, heroin injecting these episodes into me. You know what I mean? I'm watching them as fast and as furious as I can sometimes because I'm so enamored with them that, like, I don't got time for the openings. Just right into the action.
1: (laughs) I feel you, but there are a few that... Taught me, and like I, I'm going to mention them when it gets to my turn, but yeah, I'm, I'm yep. mostly the same way, but there has been two cases where like I actually stop and watch it every time. I think
2: those ones that come to mind the most, ones I really think about the opening scenes the most is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I mean, everyone that changes, it's great, and then definitely Death Parade, I love the opening because it's such a contrast to what the content of the show is it's
3: almost like a DJ dance show, and the show is so much different than that and uh, those are the two I think of when I think about my favorites. Sorry I didn't bring a bigger list. That's fine,
1: man. Like two's perfect. Chaswick. George Chas. Yeah. You got any OPs you like? Oh, yeah. for mine.
0: <laughs> other than the, other than <laughs> skipping it or the, the fast forwarding, I guess that probably stick out the most. The Mob Psycho 100 opening is a trip. That one and the the Dora Hidoro, actually from the the Netflix one, are both just super psychedelic. Like if i'm gonna watch one it's it's probably gonna be like a visual spectacle kind of vibe like that
2: mob One
0: 100's opening is amazing both
1: of them are yeah i gotta give you props on your picks because like yeah they are they're just so visceral like yeah
0: and like psychedelic man like they just spin and twist into each other and
2: i love it i should have said fractal too i thought of a third one which it's come up to. It's a very psychedelic opening. I right don't. What about yours?
1: For me, I got to go back to, like, Hallowed Antiquity and the original Fist of the North Star OP is just perfection with the You Are Shock song and, like, the big giant coming out of the ground and Kinshiro just jump kicking it. That is just so beautiful with the power metal song. Like, I absolutely love it. But for a newer one, and th- this is this is odd because... I got into this anime, and I was told the manga and the anime were so brutal. And my first introduction to Berserk was through the anime. So I put this thing on, and the OP starts, and I start hearing like this song that kind of sounds like this weird Green Day or Weezer song with the "What you want, what you want," oh man. And it just was such a trip. So I was like actually expecting like a show that was going to be like Dragon's Lair or something. I was expecting something that was like weird and silly because of like this just like random kind of like pop song and and then i like it sets in and you're like you see the black swordsman and he's like killing the big snake demon and you're just like wow that's like the weirdest fucking op i've ever seen and ever since then i can't can't skip it every time i watch berserk i sit there and i watch the op every time because i just cannot believe that somebody was just like yep that goes with that show that's perfect right there
0: (laughs) i think i think it's just like you're saying they're trying to Trying to lower everybody's guard so that the show will just chop them straight
2: in half. They won't be able to, to put up a guard afterwards. That's how I feel about the Death Parade opening, too. Why I love it so, so much. I would say my, my wife did want to say her favorite opening because she was here, which is Yuri on Ice. It is a pretty beautiful opening. She's now embarrassed because I'm saying this, but if you watch Yuri on Ice, I, I'm probably the only one that's watched it, but it starts out slow with the skaters, And then each opening builds more. So in the beginning, they're skating by themselves. And then there's drawn outlines and more colors come in. And by the last episode, they're dancing. They're basically ice skating in front of a huge audience. And the song is great. I'm not going to lie. I love this song that's on the Urian Ice opening. Sorry to cut into your into you, Johnny. No, it's
1: fine. And you could go ahead and let her know that like there's way more of a chance of me actually watching that one than that other one that was popular about the boys' water polo team. Like, I'm not really into sports animes, but I would watch a figure skating one over a water polo one. That's for Shizzle.
2: She has watched Free. I have not watched Free, but she has told me about it many times. She's now laughing. She she likes Hero on Ice way more than Free, but she's we, we have not watched it yet. And about how uh it kind of skates around things And, like, your N.I.C.E. doesn't. It's clearly about a gay romance. But then uh, Freeze just implied.
1: Okay, on to sci-fi. Michael, what you got for sci-fi anime, brother?
2: My sci-fi pick is a show I absolutely love. I don't know if i will ever get a second season, but it's called Id Invaded. And it starts out with basically a guy waking up in this Inception-like world, and his name's Sakaido, and all he knows is he's the great detective, and there's a body and he has to solve the mystery of the body and how it got there and who murdered the girl. And what you find out is that he's actually inside the mind of a serial killer. And he finds out where the serial killer is from basically traversing the serial killer's psyche and going right into the depths of their mind. It's like Inception meets Sherlock Holmes. And the person actually that is the that is controlling the avatar of Sakaido is Narasago, who is an ex-cop whose family was killed. And then he became a serial killer by forcing different serial killers to kill themselves. And they're hunting a man that wears a top hat and basically throughout the series, more people go inside the minds of serial killers like Narasago is doing. And they're basically trying to find this guy named John who is basically influencing all the serial killers of Japan. And basically every two arc episode, is a whole world built inside of this serial killer's mind, depending on how they like to kill people and what their obsession is. That's what the world they inhabit is like, and it'll affect everything in it, the whole environment. Sakaido's appearance, in the first episode he has to connect himself because the killer's mind is disconnected, so he has to literally find his hands and arms and put them together. And then another one will be fire-obsessed, so everything around it is filled with fires. One's a person that likes to put his victims underground, so then it's a very claustrophobic world that he's in. And it's so great. If you're a fan of Inception, which I know not everyone is, or if you're just a fan of Sherlock Holmes and Mindhunter, it almost reminds me of Mindhunter mixed into an anime and mixed with Inception. I love serial killers and learning about them. And the show did such a good job of blending like new tech and sci-fi features into also the world of serial killers. It's such a great show. I don't know how popular it was. It came out about, I think, a year or two ago. And it's such a great ride, the 13-episode season. And it's just so fun to see Sakaido and Narasago discover all these worlds and to to just go and interact with all these different serial killers' minds and seeing how brutal they are, while also in the real world they have a task force trying to capture them. It's great, I recommend it to you all. And for my wife's pick, she picked number six, which I do know a lot about, because I've read the manga with her and seen the anime. And number six is a Orwellian-like story about this city called Number Six, and it's a holy city. And in it lives this boy named Shion, and one day he opens his window, and lets in this kid named Rat, who's basically hurt, and takes care of him. Years later, Shion's set up and basically experimented on, and has to escape number six into this place called West Block, which is like the slums. It's kind of like District 9, where Rat lives. And it's also a love story between Shion and Rat. It's very much a gay love story between the two main leads. And it's also just a sci-fi epic about discovering, you know, the truths to what this holy city, how it was built, into all the death under it. And it's really about how Xian grows from being this ignorant boy who loves everyone into kind of a more harsh and realistic fighter of this system that he was born and raised in.
1: Wow, those both sound incredible. Like honestly, like I yeah, those both sound I want to get both of them. Like that, it invaded. Like kind of sounds a little bit like Psychopath, which was like one of my favorite shows from a couple years ago. So hell yeah.
2: Yeah, we both love Psychopass too. It it, it invaded. like a little bit more, but I think you would love it, Johnny. I think you yeah, would definitely dig it. it
0: sounds like my kind of fucked up man, honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Almost
0: sounded a little bit like The Cell. <laughs> you remember that uh, Jennifer Lopez? It is, it is the like Deni-Bron The movie? Cell. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's very much like the cell, but it's just it's great that the, the main character too is so brutal. And every time he goes in and becomes Saido again, he has to remember who he is. So like when he's in the real world and he's basically in this chair, the little the basically the thing he has to sit in to go into the serial killer's mind, he knows who he is. He knows he's hunting serial killers, he knows he wants to kill all serial killers, but then every time he wakes up as Saido, he doesn't remember who he is. And through each case, he has to remember his identity and why. investigating these serial killer murders damn almost memento style (laughs) yeah exactly it has a lot of different genres mixed in there and also number six is such a great almost 1984 type of story but also very new age and modern and throwing other things in there and has a great cast of characters as well and also some brutalness so you find out what they're doing to all basically the poor what the rich are doing to the poor to make their rich city survive and it's set after basically global warming and everything took over the planet and how the rich were able to survive in these cities basically by sacrificing and murdering the poor as almost meat. It goes to those dark territories as well if you're into those kind of stories. Sweet.
1: All right, man. Yeah, no, like I'm looking both those up, tracking them down. I'm watching those. I recommend them both. It's jazz sci-fi, man. What you got, brother? For me,
0: sci-fi, the epitome for me of sci-fi animes, I think, is Gundam. Like that's, when I think sci-fi anime, my first my first thought is always big giant robots, doing big giant robot things. So my sci-fi pick was almost my underrated pick, but it's Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Because that one was awesome. It was a departure from the real serious gundam stuff that had come prior and that would follow afterwards it was an attempted sort of reboot at it they changed it from the controls being in the ship with like pilots to these really cool like body suits that mimic the movements so you had these like martial artists piloting the mechs doing the moves and the mechs were doing the moves that they were doing all based around a a ruined earth where colonies from different countries were all just right outside its orbit and every like 10 years i think or every year, something like that, they send their mechs and their best fighters, their representatives, to Earth to just have this giant battle. Whoever wins is in control of their politics going forward. But the main guy, Domenkashu, is just so radical, and his Gundam was so fucking cool.
1: So it's not like the typical one where it's just the Earth Defense Force versus the Xenon. It's more like just an open battle for anybody with a mech kind of type of thing
0: kind of like each country has their own like one that's in it so like you had like a like a france colony america colony an asia colony it's all their terms a russian one and all their mechs kind of had that uh pacific rim nature to them they're all pretty unique to their country like i remember the russian one even kind of looked like he had a little bit of the hat Kind of like that Russian look. The, essentially, the tournament that they fought in was to see who would who would lead all of their political stuff going forward. But there was all sorts of different things underneath the surface, of course. Like, they were researching all these crazy sort of illegal Gundams. They had a devil Gundam that had these, like... It could infect other systems and take control of them. So eventually, there's people plotting to take everything over and just remove this whole tournament idea from from the mix but man it was it was cool i think the departure was what made it really fresh and every time i bring it up i feel like more people want to talk to me about gundam wing or any of the other ones that were (laughs) just as popular from that same same time period but like man the mobile fighter was just cool yeah it
1: sounds neat because like yeah usually like it's just about the earth defense force fighting the xenon which is neat. I, I do like a couple of the shows. Like I really like Thunderbolt and War in the Pocket are probably my two favorite Gundams, but I'll have to look this one up. It actually sounds kind of interesting, like a neat kind of departure from like the typical like good side, bad side, but which one's actually the good side, which one's actually the bad side type shit that Gundam usually devolves into. Yeah.
0: And it does have a little bit of a like a looser feel. Like instead of being so dramatic sometimes, it it can get a little campy, but like I think it provides a pretty good balance. I think if you like some of the other Gundam stuff you'll you'll like this for its fresh take, I think, on on Gundam.
1: Sweet because I don't really like too much of like the popular Gundam. Like I didn't like Wing, I didn't like Zeta. Like a lot of the stuff that people try to tell me was great. I'm like, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get is into Wing. Really cool? Everybody keeps really talking good. about
0: Wing and I'm always like, "Uh,
1: oh, they've made like a couple billion different Gundam shows at this point and mangas, so like yeah.
0: yeah, you could throw a dart and find find a Gundam somewhere."
1: But all right, for me, I have like a really kind of special show to me it's called last exile and kind of one of the most interesting takes on a sci-fi story i've seen in a long time you kind of think it takes place on this one planet and like there's a constant conflict between the two people that live there and it, it's pretty messed up and you like learn about it through these mail delivers klaus and Lavi, and basically they end up getting stuck in this war between these two and they end up having to join with this pirate ship, the Sylvana, who kind of just goes and does whatever it wants and it deals with whichever side it needs to. But then you end up finding out the truth about this world. And the thing is, is it's actually supposed to be a seed ship for Earth after it got messed up. They sent all these different seed ships up into the space and like they were supposed to come back down to Earth. But the, the people that were supposed to watch after the people on the seed ship, they're kind of like these weird like Egyptian type alien dudes that like you see them many times in the show, they kind of fly around and, you know, mess with the battles between the two different people. They just got too into enjoying their status quo of being in charge that they didn't want to let these people return to Earth when it became time. So basically the crew of the Silvana have to find the Last Exile, which will transform the seed ship into the ship that it needs to become to go back to Earth and man it was just it's just such an incredible series and i never hear anybody talk about it and it has like some of the neatest like steampunk type stuff and like the airships and like plane vans that they fly around in some of the neatest sci-fi designs i've ever seen in anything ever it's just a very lovely really rich story just top notch show
0: that sounds really cool.
1: They did a sequel to it called Fan the Silver Wing. It's decent. It's a nice follow up, but the about them after they get to Earth and how they're kind of treated, being like the people of the Last Exile, it gets a little too politicky. I like the first one better, but yeah, if you guys can check out either of them, I think you'll like both of them. But you watch them in order. So
2: just check out Last Exile and maybe check out both, or is it good to watch it as a whole together? Yeah, that sounds pretty cool.
1: second one's not really too much about the cast of the first one so but like it does allude a lot to it and then at the end you do see Klaus and Lavi they do like the typical anime thing but I would say watch the first one and then maybe watch the second one if you have time but like don't pay full price for it. You know what I mean if you go watch it on Crunchyroll <laughs> yeah. or something, do that. But like yeah, definitely buy the DVDs and shit for the first show. The slider box and stuff for it like it just comes with just this beautiful art. Like if you guys like look it up on Amazon and see like it just the cover looks so nice right off the bat, you know what I mean? It's just you know that you're getting something good just looking at the cover in my opinion. But yeah, it's definitely like one of the most interesting just neat touching emotional wonderful sci-fi shows because like it's really neat because like the people that live on the ground like because everything runs off of steam there's all these different types of water and depending on how much money you have depends on the greater water you get but like the rich egyptian type people that like lord over them they just drink the best water and like just throw it all over the place and don't even care you know there's like really nice like political statements in there but it's not preachy i I like stuff that's like that
0: that it's aware but not in your face
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah yeah,
1: but all right, you guys ready to move on over to fantasy? Hell yeah.
2: I think so.
1: All right, Michael, what you got for fantasy, brother?
2: For fantasy, I'm picking a show called Fractal, which is a trippy show about a kid named Klein, and he lives in this island. And in
3: the, it's set in the far future where basically the Fractal Agreement happened, and basically it allowed no one to have jobs, and they basically all live off the system. But no one really interacts in society anymore they all have these things called doppels which are like little robotic copies of their memories that function and act like them and the main character clane lives at home on this island with his parents doppels and his dog doppel and what happens is this girl ends up flying in on a ship and she basically looks like she's from a different era And her name's Freen, and she gets him involved with all these other cities that exist outside of the main island that we're set in that are basically fighting against Fractal and trying to get back to normal society. And it has basically trippy effects. It's very psychedelic. And... It's definitely an underrated show. Not too many people know about it. And it's basically about this boy's quest who he ends up going with this other clan and getting actually involved in a civil war between these priests that pray to this goddess and this Toltarian almost army-like group that's led by a guy who thinks that the priests are all liars and they're who installed Fractal in the first place. And it touches more on themes of actually being human and going outside, because it's so uncommon there to not be a doppel or have a doppel. And so it touches a lot of fantasy elements. It's got flying ships. It's got people that look like elves with a little bit of a sci-fi touch as well. And the opening credits for it is amazing. It's literally just several different fractals. It's almost like a psychedelic acid trip while you're watching it when it comes in. And it's just fun. It has. The high hopes of like a fun fantasy adventure with also, like I said, some sci-fi in it and also just a lot about human emotion and people getting back to working and wanting to be supportive of a community and working together as a team instead of just being lazy and having some doppel and copy of you act and do all your work while you literally just sit at home on your butt. But it's all basically in depth in this whole fantasy world with flying ships, flying like as flying kites, and it's just got this awesome priest society, and the priests have a lot of awesome attributes, and it's so beautiful. And for my wife's pick, she had two she put down. And one is Pandora's Heart, which is like a Japanese anime version of Alice in Wonderland, except it's much edgier and darker. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. And then her other pick is Number 7, Ghost, which I know is one of her favorite animes, though I haven't actually watched it yet myself. But those are both of Alexis's picks on this topic. Sweet. Chaz. Man,
0: this was a tough one for me because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go fantasy- in the sense of like uh, high fantasy right like lord of the Rings style anime or just fantastical but i went fantastical it was it was a toss-up between mob psycho which i mentioned earlier with the op and then i was kind of feeling paranoia agent as the fantasy in this one as well i don't know if y'all have checked that one out
2: oh yeah those are both fantastic But
0: they've <laughs> they've got that real surreal element that i feel like fits that that fantasy mold paranoia agent especially with little slugger the sort of uh that personification of oh uh, i just get all tense thinking about it that bent baseball bat man. yeah that and the skating oh man so paranoia agent is a uh, is it tashi khan right written and it's about boy it's about so much isn't it and so it's about so a lot. little but essentially there's a little kid running around town named little slugger and he is targeting people with his bat and the police are trying to catch him but he just is like invisible like they're they just they can't figure out what it is what's really happening it can't just be one boy and it's the onion of this case keeps peeling back and back and back until you get all the way to the creator of this pink dog character gosh her name escapes me right now um the artist yeah yeah she's just super duper popular but like under this immense pressure from the success of it all and these two things this little slugger attack and her everything just combine into this expression of of guilt and trauma and pressure and anxiety that it's it's incredible that it, it's all set in real life and all of it feels so surreal and unreal, but right at my core at the same time. Like, yeah, I
2: love that show. That's an amazing opening. Sorry.
1: Yeah, it's legit the show that got me into psychological drama anime. That's for sure. I remember the first episode I saw was the one about the three friends just kind of walking around talking and you didn't really know what it was about until at the very end of the episode where, like, they photobomb that girl's picture and then, like, the girls freak out and you realize that they're ghosts. And i was just like whoa dude this show's
2: fucking yeah. Yeah. i
1: love it <laughs> you
0: know what i mean yeah it was pretty
2: nuts every episode of that's great like i was, was said was the opening of that is so amazing and just really everybody drowning yeah just yeah. water running
1: through the city yeah
2: and the way it almost opens like a nesting doll too like the way it goes through the characters is just the really really shows the pure madness of that show that's an amazing show yeah
1: and for me, I'm going high concept fantasy, and I'm going to go with another kind of like lighthearted, silly one. But this one really touched me. I ended up finding out that this actually based off of an old, I think, Super Nintendo RPG game. It's called Tower of Druaga, and it's just kind of like a basic quest type thing. But much like my Sengoku Basara, it's very self aware. Like, there's a lot of like kind of winks and nods and jokes to nerd culture and like RPG and RPG fans with, that I totally got a kick out of. But I also really like the cast. I thought the characters were really cool and it's based off of old Mesopotamian legends. It's based off of Gilgamesh and the tower that he had to climb and the beast that he had to fight and I kind of thought that was neat. You know what I mean? That's the one thing I like about japanese animation they they will take stories and they will do weird stories about mesopotamian myths or like they'll do stuff about european myths they don't like they like to do stuff about their own culture but they'll jump right into somebody else's and like do a crazy story about that too and i just kind of really had a ball with it i think that it's a really fun show there are two seasons with with two different storylines that like really tie together well and like advance each other and yeah if you're just like looking for something that's really kind of Fun, a little lighthearted. It does get serious at points, like all shows do, but for the most part, it's just a nice, fun ride. I really, really highly recommend the Tower of Druaga. It's good times
3: oh yeah it's good to have some just light and relaxing that's how i feel about fractal it's almost something you can watch and just relax and kind of put you in a good mood
0: i do like that they they do adapt other things like you're saying this based off gilgamesh like like you're saying it's nice that they go outside of their own culture to adapt these big epic stories sometimes because their their view of it or their take on it is going to be a little bit different than ours and maybe a little bit better you know what i mean but Good on them for trying.
1: Okay. And now we're going to kind of slip in one of our other kind of fun, small little topics we came up with, and it's going to be our favorite soundtracks from animes. Michael, what are some of your favorite soundtracks from animes?
2: Well, my most current favorite soundtrack is definitely Tower of God. It's got that amazing orchestra going through it. Another one that's one of my most favorite that I can think of right at the top of my head is I do love Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood's soundtrack. And of
3: course, I got to mention, Evangelion's soundtrack is great. It really helps highlight everything going on with the show. All the different piano keys in it are great. And it really kind of just captures the despair that happens in the series between the Eves and the Angels. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Chaz?
0: Like I said earlier, that... That synthwave soundtrack to Yu Yu Hakusho is pretty tight, but I can't find it anywhere, so you can only hear it when you watch the show, which is kind of a bummer. I definitely gotta agree that that Evangelion soundtrack, too, is, is pretty hot. And for me, you could really never go along with the the pillows from FLCL. That's just a jammy soundtrack, man. Like, you put that on in any, any situation, pool party, whatever. It works. Hell yeah.
1: Oh god, yeah. I forgot all about that one.
2: Also, Guilty Crown.
1: That's, that's two Gainax shows in a row. Yeah, man, I forgot. Like, I guess they really did have their hands on the ball when it came to, like, really good soundtracks. Evangelion and Fully Cooley, Good for Gainax. And for me, like, man, the Trigun soundtrack... Like, just that opening song and then, like, all the kind of nice kind of country and then power metal stuff that goes through it. And then the real... riffs
0: in the break, they like... That thing? Yeah. yeah. That neo-Western? Yeah.
1: And I just really like that finger pluck um, during the preview section. You know, the... That's just so beautiful.
0: Yeah. And
1: then, of course, the soundtrack, Berserk. I, mean, I could just put that whole thing on and listen to it. It's just... Ah, just, oh, they got the synth wevy mixed with power metal, and then you got, like, the, almost the kind of, like... I don't know, like Smashing Pumpkins type emo song for like the end credits. It's, I don't know, I just, I absolutely love the soundtrack to Berserk. It's, the whole thing is just vivid and visceral and wonderful to listen to. So those are my picks. Okay, now we're getting into what is an anime that you just absolutely love that you think is the dog's balls. That is just completely underrated and you always have to explain to everybody what it is and
2: what it's about. Michael? My pick is going to be Death Parade.
3: And Death Parade is a show about a bartender named Deckham, And he basically exists in this middle place. It's almost like Limbo. And his job is to determine whether the people, after they die, when they come to his bar, if they go to hell or they go to the other place. And it's such a great show of just learning so much about Deckham because he's supposed to be almost like a puppet. And the bars controlled by these characters are almost like God. And the God in the in the world of Death Parade is this weird, almost man-bun-wearing old man that plays pool with universes and planets. And it's a story about Deckham basically taking on an apprentice who is a girl that's dead. She doesn't know she's dead yet. And him really teaching her about the loss of her own life and why she died and whether she deserves to go to hell or to heaven. And just the way that Deckham is able to judge these people and make them show their true colors is what really grabs me and why I think the show is so great. And I'm surprised that, Johnny, you even knew what it was. It's not a very well-known anime.
1: It's so good, man. Like, especially because I liked that the show started off with the first couple episodes. The people having to come to the bar and play the games, they were kind of respectful and understood what was happening to them. But as the show goes on, you get murderers. You get, like, rapists. You get
2: murderers. You get child molesters. You get the worst of the worst. They
1: start trying to cheat one another, which doesn't fly, but they don't get it. And I just thought that that was just such a neat way to take the show and i was like man this is so good and then yeah it was only like 13 episodes but it was it was really good like if they tried to stretch it out and ruined it i'm glad it was as short as it was you know what i mean at the same time. Exactly.
2: It's great in the different the games like the freaking messed up game of Twister
3: between the girls obsessed with the pop idol and the pop idol is such an intense episode. And then definitely the episode with the murderer and then the person who murdered him because he found out he killed his girlfriend is great because when they get to the bar they don't remember who they are so they quickly have to remember why they're there and it changes very quickly from who you think the good character is. To then who their actual true nature, and also just how you learn about Deckham, where he's supposed to be this emotionless judge, and the way he kind of builds emotions, and because empathetic with the people that he has to judge, unlike some of the other bartenders, and the way they use the webs in that, how they just grab the people up whenever they get out of hand is great. The animation's great, and once again, I love the opening soundtrack because. It does have light moments, but then it really does have some completely brutal and fucked up shit happening in it. And that opening credit literally sounds like it's a Saturday Night Fever song. It's it's all of them dancing together at to a disco, and the show's perfect. I love the colors in it. I think it's animated perfectly. And it's definitely one that when I tell people about it, I'm surprised you and Just Joe knew about it. It's when they're like, what's that? And then they get to watch it and experience the whole thing. And for my wife's most underrated anime is an anime called sket dance which i'm gonna guess right now i think it's about boys at a dance school i'm wrong that's not what it's about but it's called sket dance she loves it it's on crunchyroll and she thinks it's extremely underrated jazz
0: i got a strong taste for this one but i feel like sometimes i'm alone in this flavor of this but uh food wars would be my my underrated the one that i think i have to explain to people which is always embarrassing but uh i love it man
1: i've seen the trailer for it it looks hilarious it's pretty actually. great like...
0: um it's it, i'll give you i'll give you guys the quick rundown it's it's about a chef named soma who wants to be a better chef than his father, who's like the best one that he knows. So he's just training and training and training to cook better than him at their family's restaurant. But in order to get to that next level, his dad enrolls him in this super elite, super prestigious cooking school where everything is over the top and incredible. But the main thing that's there is they have these things called food wars where any student can challenge anyone else faculty alumni other student doesn't matter to a food battle pick a category they both go in they both cook a meal the better of the two meals gets whatever is on the line it could be anything you you don't go to the school anymore or we get more money to research this food and that's the the height of it are these food wars while they uncover this other crazy corrupt conspiracy within the student council which is very not serious but is serious anyways the food that they prepare in there is so incredible looking and described so well that it makes me so hungry. And then when the characters eat it, it basically makes them come if it's good, or it makes them imagine something really gross if it's bad. But it's equally like, eh, <laughs> erotic.
2: Have you ever tried to make the meals that you see? All no, I just
0: I, I enjoy imagining the food in my belly as they describe it as they're eating it because every time they have a a long portion where they're judging the food war battle where they're tasting the food and they're talking about all of these elements that make it so good the astringency of the tomato is heightening the sweetness of the curry sauce or whatever that's in it so it's all too complex for me i'm just sick to noodles you know but it's (laughs) It's so hard to talk about because it's, I want to say, oh, it's about this kid that's trying to become the best chef in the world by like just cooking and having fun at this food school. And then they're like, well, what else is great about it? And then it's like, well, the food is really good looking on it. And also if people eat it, they, they start coming.
1: Well, from what I saw in the trailer, it kind of looked like a really neat tweak of the idea of of a fighter anime because it kind of had at least the way that it was presented in the trailer that it had like the kind of same stakes and stuff that like you would see in a typical fighter show but instead of them like punching like yeah no they're like whipping up some eggs and shit which I I thought was like that's that's pretty that's pretty epic right there that's a good idea
0: (laughs) it's very much in that same vein to the point where even you know in fighter animes where somebody finally like executes the block and everybody in the crowd is like oh he fucking just blocked him or whatever they'll like pull the lid off a dish that they've been sauteing and then, like, the steam will come up into the crowd and they'll all be like, oh, I can't believe that he's been basting with that sauce the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck, he has been. He's gonna whoop his ass in this food battle. Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. guys gotta check it out, man. It's funny as hell and it's it's pretty good. If you watch a dub, too, the guy that plays Soma when he's talking about his food sounds kind of like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, so it's kind of hilarious <laughs> like, but the, or the dub, sorry, the sub is pretty great, too. If you if you want to watch more of it, stick with the sub, because they have that, I think, all the way up through the current season.
2: But Patrick Bateman voice kind of signs me, too. I yeah. have two questions. So there's a vast conspiracy also going on to it that they get stuck into, and you're telling me people are coming in their pants when they eat the food? No,
0: it's it's even crazier. If it's good enough, sometimes their clothes will literally shred off their bodies. <laughs> and they'll just be like, engulfed in this light of like this food enjoyment as like angels carry them up into the sky yeah it's it's pretty nuts and the conspiracy is is a weird one It's one guy trying to control fancy food throughout the whole world by enforcing his own style of just cooking like he wants to take over the school and he's using the student council to get everybody on board so that everyone will cook the same way everywhere and high food will be the same everywhere or whatever. And it's like, it's weird because the steaks aren't really there for me because I don't go to fancy restaurants, but I was still like, you gotta stop them. They gotta have freedom in the food. It's the truth about Gordon Ramsay, God damn it! <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> gotta be this way fucking donkeys The Ramsey conspiracy but yeah it's it's pretty incredible i I recommend it
1: sounds great yeah i'll definitely look into it
0: yeah because like i saw
1: the trailer and it had me rolling just on the idea of it being kind of like a fighter show but like with cooking instead so cool yeah
0: and the fights are tight the the food wars are pretty sick so what about what about you johnny
1: for me uh yeah dude like this is a one of my favorite shows i've ever seen man bacchano I don't know if you guys ever saw it, but it basically takes place in new york and chicago in the 1930s it's like a mobster tale but like it's told in three different times basically it originally starts in the 1700s on an italian ship where a bunch of alchemists summon the devil and they create the grand panacea and they are granted immortal life but the guy who actually made the deal with the devil that knows how to make the panacea he decides he doesn't really want to share it with nobody so he's kind of like living the rest of his life and then you kind of jump ahead to the 30s where he's a mobster now and another guy that was on the ship with him is still trying to chase him down to get the secret. And somehow, like, basically all these other mobsters get turned into immortals, too. But a lot of them don't even know it. And then you jump ahead to it, like, two years later. And, like, some of them are coming to meet the other ones from Chicago to New York on this train called the Flying Pussyfoot, where this gang war breaks up. And, like, oh, it's just it's just so crazy. It's just just such a neat story there's so many characters everybody's just kind of like a really nasty kind of scummy type person but at the same time they're all very likable and then you got these two goofball bank robbers isaac and myriad like there's this blonde guy and this blonde chick that they're completely clueless but like they they can steal anything from anybody by being just so dumb that they're hilarious they're probably my favorite couple in anime history and like this this show is just so incredible it's one of the best crime dramas best things about alchemy and immortality i've ever seen and like nobody knows about it which is tragic because it's got so many great characters like there's this homunculus named Ines that the main character fiero falls in love with and she's like badass she does kung fu and shit she works for like the evil alchemist that's trying to steal the panacea recipe and oh there's just there's like eight different plots that all intersect and they all fit together well like there's nothing that once it's over you don't feel like you missed anything you don't feel like anything was rushed you don't feel like it's one of those things that has so many moving parts but they all just click together perfectly like a fucking clock.
2: i immediately want to watch this and my wife just checked in and told me she's seen it yeah she knows what you're talking about she heard you talking and she said Sounds i've rad. seen that
1: yeah the same guy that wrote baccano wrote dararara but that's about like modern gangs which is another anime i love baccano is way better not saying anything bad about dararara that show is fucking epic as well but yeah like baccano if you never seen it which most people haven't i highly recommend it like mobsters immortals bloody deaths hilarious serial killers kung fu homunculuses you get it all man it's badass it's <laughs>
2: different time periods that that i might watch that right there right after we're done with this this yeah. that sounds i may do that right there man. yeah it's,
1: i think it's 14 episodes long so it's a quick one to get through you guys could probably watch it in a night so well
2: hell yeah
0: that's not bad
1: But yeah, that's my pick, man. Bacano, like for real. Man,
0: that sounds cool as hell.
1: Okay, and last but surely not least, the big one. The one that even after you were already a fan of anime, the one that you watched, it just like kicked you in the head and changed the game for you and made you realize what actually was possible with anime.
2: My pick is going to be Charlotte. It's a Jumaida anime. I kind of love everything Jumaida has done. But it's set in a world where there are teenagers that have superpowers, but as soon as they have become adults, they lose the powers. And the main character, a boy named Yu, and when we
3: meet him, his power is that he's able to take over someone's body, but only for five seconds. And when the show starts, he doesn't even know there's other people with abilities and gifts like him. And he's using it for very selfish reasons. Imagine if you're kind of a douche and you're 17, and you can go into someone's body for five seconds, the kind of things you'd be doing if you had the worst intentions. That's what Yu's doing at the beginning of the show. His mom and dad are dead, and he kind of takes care of his little sister, and then he's recruited by this group of other high school students that have abilities to kind of have him be a better person and kind of help with this secret society that's imprisoning all of these powered people. And the show really changed the game for me, because it starts out almost like a My Hero academic ...a normal superhero type show... ...and it goes to completely different places... use journey from when you meet him... ...into a noble character... ...into just an onslaught of power... ...and him losing his... ...like, his necessity to tell... ...between good and evil... ...and his complete loss of almost sanity... ...at the end... ...it just really changed the game for me... ...because it starts out as one thing... ...becomes one other thing... ...and then becomes a completely third thing in the end... ...and it deals with altered memories... For the main characters, things you thought were true that aren't actually true. And John Mojita, he's a great storyteller. He can just weave in all these different dimensions and layers into the story. And what becomes as a superhero story really becomes just a story about how corrupt governments are and how brutal people need to be that want to change the world and what you have to do to change the world. It really becomes about Yu's journey to change the world and make it better for everyone else, especially all these kids, because they're kids that have the powers. They're either young, like preteen to 17, and the horrible experiments being done on them are awful. And just seeing Yu's power grow and him become this kind of lone psychotic warrior by the end of the series is such a crazy journey because it starts out so lighthearted and then it goes into drug use, violence, death, and murder with the flick of a finger. And you just are really confronted with all these dark truths that really exist in the world and not everything is as light as we see it. And it was just great. It showed me how you can really do so much for just 13 episodes. All of Jemaida's series are one and done. They're just one whole tale. And almost every one of his tales are surprising, whether he's doing a drama, a fantasy, or like this, which is every genre. It's a superhero genre. It's a thriller. It's got intense and very powerful social messages. And it also just has a lot about human pride and human strength and how much you lose when you give it all in to a greater cause, to looking out for more than yourself. How much would you give up to save others that are in the same predicament as you?
1: Sounds rad. I mean, like I'm going to be watching that. I haven't seen it yet, but we're going to be doing a whole episode where we both dive into that one in the near future. So that's kind of cool. You got to plug it a little bit here, too. Yeah, I
3: can't wait for you to watch it because it's different. It really, it really pushes you into some intense emotional places. It's not the journey you think you're gonna take when you, you start the journey, and then by the end, you're just like, wow, that was a hell of a hell of a journey I was on, and it kind of just ends abruptly. It has a perfect beginning, middle, and end, and then it's kind of over, which I do love about Jomaida. And my wife's pick for game-changing anime, she put both the Japanese name, and I feel like Johnny's gonna know what this is, but it's called Hakenden Toho Haken Ibun or Hackenden, Eight Dogs of the East, which I oh
1: god yes yes dude, the Hackenden is so fucking Huckenden. good oh
3: yeah I I have not seen it but she loves it I'll have to watch it with her I'm glad that you were pumped I knew you would know what it is but that is her game changing anime my uh,
0: my game changer was a movie but it was it was Perfect Blue that was the first psychological like thriller anime that I was exposed to all of my my previous before that had been like the the more fantastical, you know what I mean? Like the Trigon or Big O or those kinda like, you know, bigger, crazier things. And then this was just so like like animated David Lynch. You know what I mean? Just that that full like I couldn't believe it. And I feel like my my suspension of disbelief was even greater. I think because in my mind the animated nature of it, it keeps my guard down, sort of. Like, I'm not as, like, tense as if I was watching a real person, almost. But that one made me feel as tense as if I was watching a real person. Um,
2: Satoshi yeah, Kon. just coming again. up
0: again. But yeah, that one that one really showed, for me, what, what sort of depths could be plumbed, emotionally, I think. Because I've I felt things from uh, the other shows and things like that, where you're rooting for your hero kind of vibe, but never in the sense of, those last like 25 minutes of uh, (laughs) perfect blue that that was that was a real roller coaster but yeah just yeah
1: it's legitimately terrifying film like i'd i'd already seen like yeah over fiend and you know um wicked city you know like i'd seen like some gore and some uro girl shit and yeah dude like when i saw Perfect Blue the first time it put the shits in me too dog so like yeah that that is a different kind of movie and um, yeah it plays with real real fear and real emotions it's not just like hey look there this is a lady with a spider coochie like no like this is like dude this girl is terrified for her life and you're on this adventure with her and you yeah. don't even know if what she's seeing is real or not so that was the even
0: like <laughs> worse part about it was like is she crazy or am i crazy like <laughs> what the fuck is going on is that guy in the background of every goddamn scene what's going on here yeah yeah <laughs> amen love it what uh what changed the game for you for
1: me like i've already mentioned this one twice this show but like i I can't help it it really did just blow my hair back and change everything for me berserk like I I didn't know what to expect. Everybody told me, that like, oh, dude, you like like your fantasy stuff. Check it out. And I kind of got into it, and I was watching it at first, and I'm like, I saw the first episode, and it's like, oh, that was neat. And then you go into, like, you know, Young Guts, and he meets Griffith, and that's all really cool, and you're, like, you're, like, really getting into, like, the politicking and stuff. And then you get to the, the last quarter, and you meet the God Hand, and it goes full fucking Clive Barker on you, and people are getting ripped apart, and, you know, monsters are banging people, and you're just like... And, yeah, no, it just really just changed the way... I, I felt about everything, you know what I mean, and, and what was possible with anime and what was possible with fantasy. I mean, I hear, I still hear people bang on and on about George R.R. Martin and Game of Thrones. That that ain't got shit on Berserk, man. That Berserk it will always be the pinnacle of dark fantasy, in my opinion, just because of how quick it flipped that switch from being like, okay, this is about like you know this group of mercenaries that are you know coming up and the politics they have to do, and then you get some weird stuff like when Griffith has to deal with that guy that like. He knew when he was younger the guy that had the castle and stuff and you're just kind of like oh my god no Griffith and but then it gets even worse and then when you read the manga like oh man like no like everybody gets raped in the manga you know what I mean like it's, yeah yeah <laughs> like, that manga <laughs> the is a whole animal that
0: that manga <laughs> so
1: like yeah but I mean but at the same time like it doesn't go too far and show you too much either that's that's another thing that I appreciate that like he does he, he takes you to the precipice of just Raping your mind, but at the same time, like you're entertained. Like I don't know if that makes me sound bad or not, but like I just kind of really enjoy it. It's almost like you know, kind of like Perfect Blue, but like not as realistic. Satoshi kun really like to push realistic buttons. This one, it's way more on a fantastical level, but at the same time, it kind of plays with that that same type of thing. It's like you're like reading Berserk, and you're like, should I be should I be enjoying this as much as I am? Is there there something wrong with me? And I don't know. I guess I kind of. Get a little thrill out of feeling that way. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of weird. As a metalhead and a horror fan and stuff, growing up, I've kind of always felt that way. But like Berserk is kind of like took it to a another plateau that I didn't reach until I watched movies like Solo and stuff that I don't even want to admit that I watched. So (laughs) you
2: can sell sell it to Fred on that if you don't like the Hobbits read berserk oh he's
1: he has it he actually has like the omnibus like i talked about it once to him he like pulls out the autobus he's like i'll check i'm like wow i really didn't expect you to have that bro the way you feel about fantasy but that that's dope right there man hell yeah hell yeah (laughs) but yeah that that's what really really kind of shook me and like really was like wow dude like they can take it that dark but just keep it so utterly entertaining and and i really appreciate that so um, to kind of close off, there are always new and amazing animes constantly coming out. What are some that you know you guys maybe caught wind of, or new seasons that you guys are really excited for? Michael, what you got, man?
3: I love the manga of Demon Slayer, so I'm really excited to see the new anime season and the movie coming out, the Mugen Train drama. I'm pretty pumped about Dr. Stone's second season, which is starting in like three weeks on Simildub, on Funimation, and also in Toonami, I believe, I think they're broadcasting both at the same time. And I'm definitely pumped with the Jujutsu Kaisen anime, but those are the three that I'm really pumped about. There's a really messed up one my wife is excited about, what's kill-stalking, I know that my wife's really really excited about kill-stalking. And that, is something I'm excited about when she told me about it. And I think, Johnny, you'd be into it too. And it's about, I believe, people that have to kill each other. No, I'm telling the wrong story. But I'm also excited to watch Kill Stalking with her.
0: How about you, Chaz? Uh, I am also looking forward to the Mugentron movie, because that's going to be super duper tight. The volumes that it's adapting were pretty, pretty incredible. So I'm um, looking forward to that one. And I'm eagerly awaiting the release of Uzumaki, On adult swim they're adapting the junji ito stuff and i feel like that that style is gonna be even more terrifying in the what looks like full black and white animation so i think those will be pretty cool are they
1: actually going to start animating his
0: stuff in his style fingers crossed this one's great it looked like it yeah down to like they put some slight motion into all the spirals in the book in the trailer that i watched um so i'm i'm pretty pumped for it i'm hoping that it's good
3: fingers across for sure fingers crossed they make up for the JJ ito presents anime fingers crossed
1: word yeah because i i absolutely adore that man and his work and he's just such an interesting person like that's why i love manga so much because like when i've i i I started reading Junji Into. I expected, like, you know, like some metalhead looking dude to, like, be writing those books. And then when I saw him and he's just, like, this really kind of gentle, unassuming looking old man with his wife and his wife's mother doing the inking for his books, I'm just like, did not see that coming. But that is excellent. Good for you, man. It's good that you get along with your wife's mom. That is so hard to do. Rock on Junji. But. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, Chaz talked about it earlier. My favorite manga in the world, Dora Hidoro, got its first season at um, Netflix. So I'm really hoping they do a season two for that because they only covered about maybe the first nine books in that season. So lots more to do. There are 23 books in total. So Rock On is probably at least another season and a movie they can milk out of that. Just started the new Blade of the Immortal anime that is on Netflix amazon which is great it almost looks like samora's art which is cool because i really like the old anime but the art was like really kind of it was decent but it was on the lower side of things this new one is just beautiful and i'm really excited to see the Jujutsu kaisen i kind of like the first book michael had me read not really something that i want to want to buy all the books for but the anime should be pretty groovy to check out so like i'll definitely want to be keeping up with that but that's about it for me. Anything else you guys want to add before we close this on out?
0: I'm super excited to check out all these shows that y'all talked about and movies, so I'm I'm pretty
3: pumped. I think I'm going to watch that one that you and my wife have both watched like right after this when we eat our food because it sounds amazing. Pow,
0: pow. Well, all right. This was
1: Nerds from the Underground. You can find me on Twitter at JohnnyAlpha81 and on YouTube at GraphicVandalism.
2: You can find me on Twitter as PoetAir33.
0: And you can find me on Twitter as well at Chaz Simons.
1: You can find the show on Twitter at NerdsFrom. We are a proud member of the Nerdy Legion podcast network, and we'd really appreciate it if you guys would check out some of the other shows on the network. But until next time, we out. Aloha.